Welcome back to the Daily Thread. Welcome. Day number two. Yeah, yeah, we survived day number one. Which um, is shocking. It was at Som Gedalia. It was a fast day. Yeah. Um, I think uh, we were hungry. Uh, <laughs> we were thirsty. Uh, and uh, can, can you believe that today's Thursday? No, no. I have to tell you, I know you want to establish what stories we discussed, but... The, the the whole calendar is a mess, I, I have to tell you. I don't even know. Uh, I mean, it's just yesterday was felt like Monday, and it turned out to be Wednesday. Today's Thursday. You know, we have Arab Shabbos tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be, I think, three Arab Shabboses, and then like two, four, six Shabbosim in like the next three weeks. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot. It's chronologically confusing, I think. Yeah, a little bit. So, you know, just an update for people. Yes, Miami Boys Choir is still trending. They're still going viral. It's pretty crazy. The I question honestly, is why? What is the appeal? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think that there's just stuff going on that's beyond our scope of understanding. Like, I mean, you were you were in a choir, right? Oh, that's not public. That's, that's not, not public. That's information. Not, you weren't in the Miami Boys Choir, but not public. One of your brothers was in the Miami Boys. He choir. was. Yeah, Yochanan was Yochanan in the Miami Boys. <laughs> but it, it doesn't make any sense. To you were in a choir. You don't want to. Uh, no, I don't. I think I, I just skipped over that. <laughs> we'll block that. We'll block that out. Um, <laughs> I, I think that it's it's just like. Every single day, it's it's insane numbers. Um, you want to know why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know the answer. It's just the way it is. Well, I don't know what it is, but I can tell you internally, having a kid in a choir is a big pressure. Oh yeah, you're constantly taking them to rehearsals, uh, then you're taking them to the shows, and then you got to sit through the shows. Wow, uh, sounds like a lot. Oh, it's a lot, and sometimes there's two shows in one day. Well, listen, it might be you worth it because you, both. your kid might go viral in 30 years from yeah, now 30 on TikTok. Years, so. Yeah, go viral. One of the big things that that happened last night is Aaron Judge yes. hit number 61, and the three-two drill deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. Number 61. He's been chasing history, and now he makes it. Yes. Uh, I saw a post from Rabbi Shlomo Farhi on, online that says, you're following the wrong judge. I'll put the image right over here. You're following the wrong judge, and it shows a jersey with Hashem's name on it, number one. Um, well, someone said also that there was a, uh, someone said over Rosh Hashanah that uh, one day the post had on the back page before Rosh Hashanah, it said Judge Watch. Judge Watch? Yes. Interesting. Also a very... Very, very... Uh, you know, not to be taken lightly. Very mysterious. That, everything that happens, happens for a reason. Ashgach Pratis, of course. And we also had the appointment of a king for the first time we did. in 70 years in England. So we had the whole concept of, even though it was a secular king and... Very auspicious timing. You know, just the whole idea of King Charles and and, and then Aaron Judge, it's... It's it's not for naught. It's yeah. not, not to be taken lightly. You 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 growing up, you 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 watch Babe Ruth play. Watch what? Babe Ruth. <laughs> no, I didn't watch Babe Ruth play. Uh, I'm, <laughs> before, I'm, I'm, before less than, I'm less than ninety. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Babe Ruth was retired by the time, uh, by that time, by the time I was born. But I I went to a ball game once with I saw Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. You saw you saw them play. I went with my father and my brother, my younger brother Yossi. I was Chalamid. Pesach, because I remember that because we took matzah with us, and it made a big mess under the seats in Yankee Stadium. And uh, my father was, you know, my father was born in Belarus in, in 1918, so this, he came to America in the 1930s. He didn't know anything about baseball, but he knew his two younger kids were baseball fans, so he took us to a baseball game, and then 
some of the ball players would hit foul balls not too far from us. We were sitting along the third baseline, and foul balls were going over our head. And my father was so intrigued by the balls coming so close that he started rooting out loud, "We want a foul!" <laughs> and we were so embarrassed. You know, Dad, we don't you don't go to a game to root for a foul ball, but he was rooting for a foul ball. Another video that's been going viral recently, and uh, I'll show it right now. <laughs> So the video you just saw, um, it was posted by, I saw it from Sivan Rechav Meir, and she posts in in, uh, in Hebrew, but the translation is, returning to the fields, in the center you see Dr. Moshe Zaks, he's 94 years old, um, and it's his fourth, 14th time that he kept Shemitah in his life, <laughs> and all the people from the kibbutz are dancing around him, kibbutz shalev, along with their children, they're returning to the, to the land after a year. Mm-hmm. Um, 14 Shemitahs. It's a lot of Muna uh, to, and to withstand 14 Shemitahs. Well, you know, if you zarech to Arichas Yavim and you live a long time, you're going to see a few Shemitahs, you know? That's true. And along with the uh, Daf Yomi cycles, yeah. which are very similar, very similar numerically. Gr- Speaking of Daf Yomi, when you were, when you were growing up, is Daf Yomi... No a thing. I don't think so. It wasn't. It wasn't a big thing. I, I don't even think. Uh, I don't even think it was uh, talked about that much. Um, when did it, at one point did Dafiomi become like? I think. I, I think it started. I, I remember. I went once to a. Um, I once went to a, a Siemashas. I mean, it was always something. It was always percolating on some level. I went with my father uh, to a place called the Manhattan Center, uh, also for a Siemashas. But it was like I don't know. 300 people there. 300 people? Yeah, 300, 400 people maybe. It was in the Manhattan Center. I think it was, the building is still in Manhattan. It was bought by the Church of Scientology. They owned the building. Oh, today. really? But every time I go by there, I remember I must have been, I don't know, 10 years old, and they schlepped me along, and um, I just remember that uh, that was the, the Seema Shas. Uh, I personally, um, you know, got uh, interested in it uh, three cycles ago when someone took me to Madison Square Garden, uh, 2007, 2010? I don't know when it was. I'm, I'm, I'm Baruch Hashem in the, going through a shot for the third time. You know, there's an old story about uh, Dafyomi. You know, he said to uh, one, of, one of the people, uh, Rabbi, uh, I think his name was Mayor Shapiro, I saw that a Talmud of his dropped out of the, of the Daily Daf. So he asked him, how come? He says, you know, Rabbi, I, I, the Daily Daf is not for me. I want to just learn one sector. He says, and Rabbi Shapiro said to him, it's better... Not to know all of Shast and not to know just one Masechta. You get it? So, you, it's a, you know, going through Shast, you pick up a lot of stuff each time, uh, right. but it's like a high speed chase through, uh, through Torah. You know? Right, 100%. But you pick up a lot of stuff. Something, I, something I saw last night that was very nice. This is via MKY um, WhatsApp. What is it MKY? Was, it, MKY is a platform, it's Mikam Chesrol. Mikam Chesrol, MKY, Mikam Chesrol. So this is a story from Renewal. Um, okay. Today's donor is a father of three young children. He came forward for a different patient on Renewal's list who Baruch Hashem got a kidney a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. When Renewal called to see if he would consider donating to someone he never met, he didn't need much time before agreeing to move forward. Being that the hospital requires that kidney donors stop eating from midday the day before surgery, he davened yesterday on Rosh Hashanah at dawn so that he could have the, um, the Hisuda in time. Mm-hmm. He came to the hospital yesterday morning with his very supportive wife, with his children, are being cared for by their aunts. 
to true family projects. So you have somebody, which just really only happens in, in the Jewish with the Jewish people. On Rosh Hashanah, he couldn't eat because he wanted to donate his kidney the next day. So he davened early, early, early to have his suda early, early, early mm-hmm. so he can go ahead and donate his kidney. Well, you know, um, I've been around uh, a lot longer than you, and I remember when Renewal was founded. I how was, much longer? Uh, how much longer than you? <laughs> About kidding. 40 years. Oh, wow. Uh, but, uh, but I remember um, uh, being in Mendy Reiner's house when we were discussing... Uh, uh, start Renewal? Uh, when he started Renewal, he, he, he had a friend that needed a kidney, and he took out a small uh, ad in the in the Jewish press looking for a kidney donor, and and people came forward, and, and that started the was the catalyst for the whole idea for um, for renewal. But uh, it's it's very unique, like you said, it's very unique. To I think that I once heard that, and I forget where I heard this. I think I once heard that a hospital in New York maybe banned renewal from operating there because they thought that they were. Because because the the percentage of altruistic kidney donors in the world at large is extremely low, but in the from world, it's extremely high. It's very unique, and I remember um, Mandy Reiner told me uh, uh, a few years ago that a church in the South, in South Carolina, I think, invited him down to speak about uh, kidney, donation? kidney donations. Of course, it's like a foreign concept in the uh, I would say I, I wouldn't say the non-Jewish world. I'll say the non-from world. It's really very rare, uh, a very foreign concept. And he said yeah. he made a presentation to this church group down there, and they just couldn't, they couldn't understand it. They couldn't understand why someone would take, a healthy person would allow himself to be opened up and have his kidney taken out and transplanted into someone else. But I saw a story in a newspaper after that meeting that explained why that is in the, non, in the non-Jewish community. Why is that? And I'm not trying to you know, be condescending or cast aspersions on anybody, but in the world in general, there's a plenty of kidneys around because there's plenty of communities where there's gunshot wounds and stabbings, and unfortunately, people die. People as a pass of away with things. good kidneys. And you, know, you, you can harvest a kidney before a person passes away, and you have a good, healthy kidney. Interesting. And you don't have that in the from community, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. You don't have, uh, you know, I don't think in Maimonides Hospital, which is a whole different story, in Borough yeah. Park, you have too many uh, uh, stab wounds coming into the ER. Yeah. Yeah, people that ate too much on, well, on Yontif, maybe. Well, luckily, you know, luckily our, our our amazing officials in New York State are trying to take our yeshivas a task because they're not producing a good enough product. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a complicated issue. I don't know if it's that complicated. It's also uh, addressed in this week's Five Towns Jewish Times, which I promise not to mention. Uh, but it's uh, it's addressed uh, in a in a comprehensive way. You know, it's not it, it, the, the people on the surface. People look at it as certain yeshivas are trying to deprive their students of basic, fundamental, secular education, not allowing them to learn to read or write. That's and I don't. It's uh, not true. It's not yeah. true at all. It's really not true. There's not a great emphasis on academia. You okay. Know? But um, the movement in, in Albany is to try to communicate to the state officials who also can't understand it, the same way the people in South Carolina can understand kidney, kidney donations, to make people understand that there's something that you acquire in yeshiva education that is at least equal to what you can get in a, a secular <laughs> education. At, at, the very, at the very least. At but, the very least. But that's not, I, don't think, I don't think so far, even though it's being talked about for many years, I don't think they're getting through to them. They don't understand that if you if you learn Navi, 
that you're going to know history. If you're going to uh, uh, study Chumash, you're going to know history and Bible study. You don't understand that if you study Gemara, different kind. If you're going to study Masechta Erevin, you're going to know mathematics. It's just bizarre because the public school system is a complete mess, and to think that we need to in our yeshiva adapt anything close to what's going on in the public schools is is just nothing less than bizarre. Well, listen, the, uh, sir, uh, public school education is, is uh, uh, you only hear about the failures. There's many people that excelled going through public school and going on to higher education and, and, and doing very well. But, of course, we don't hear about those things. We hear about the mm. uh, the failures. So you can't say across the board that public school education is I'm not is saying anything across the board, but as, as, a, as a whole, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's private. No. I, 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 I wrote this week, you have to look at the results of an education, not the mechanics and the process of an education. And the results of yeshiva education is that you don't have too many people with long criminal records coming out of yeshiva. Sure. You don't have any yeshiva guys pushing anybody off a subway platform. Nope. You know, and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, and to the, and to the opposite. Does, that doesn't mean that everybody went to public school pushes somebody off a, uh, no, a subway no one's saying that, but Don't but, misunderstand that. But to, to the opposite, step into any hospital, step into... Any big law firm, step into you know any big company. How many from Jews from the Yeshiva system are are sitting there and running these companies and making this difference? Uh, you know how many uh, going back to the end of World War II when uh, Jews were escaping uh, Europe and those who survived the Holocaust went to places like Carrizo uh, uh, and Cancun and they went to uh, Cuba and they went to countries. And then they, their real aspiration was to get to, to America because right. that's where the Jewish community was evolving. And, you know, these governments, if you read the history of these governments, try to convince the Jews to stay. It was a loss for them. The Jew, it was a, it was a, a term, it was a, what they call, um, uh, they were draining the brain power of the country when the Jews left uh, little islands like Curaçao or Cancun uh, or, or, in, or in Cuba. What's, what's well, a, plenty of us go back to Cancun now. What? Well, Cancun gets Yeah, for Pesach, you go to Cancun, usually, uh, or for some for Sukkot. There is a tweet that I saw, um, and I found it to be an interesting topic. It's tweeted by Volusian and Kropotkin. I don't know, I can't attest for this Twitter page, but the, the, the person wrote, my favorite topic is, and, and I quote, amazing stuff we don't and can't know about history. What's your favorite thing that that will likely never know about history? Well, how could you if you don't know about it? How could you uh, if you don't know about it? Then how do you can you decide which is your favorite thing that you don't know? Well, there are certain there are certain things that we know we don't know. What's the favorite thing that you, you don't know? What's uh, you don't you, you don't <laughs> understand the the topic? There's like for example, like we like uh, there's over six hundred thousand Jews, maybe even millions of Jews that left Mitzrayim. We yeah. we know that we we won't know all of them. So someone might say, hey, one of the most favorite things that we'll likely never know is who those people were, what they did on a daily basis. Well, during that period of time? Who they were. You know, well, there's millions of people that uh, left. The, yeah, I think about that. So what's, what's, so it, it, do uh, you have a, a story in history that, in history that you know, like, you don't know? Well, you know, similar to that is, of course, um, I, I guess you could say during a number of periods in history, uh, specifically more recently in modern history, the Holocaust, you know, where how people survived. Mm -hmm. um, each, uh, each story of a survivor is a, is a tremendous drama uh, unto itself, I think. Right. Uh, I mean, I've met people... Uh, eventually Saying we people, only know we only know so much about it. I met people that are on the, on the train to, to Auschwitz and... You know, as 18, 19-year-olds jumped off a train. And because of that, 
Today they have a hundred, uh, you know, children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, and great grandchildren, and built uh, huge businesses. Right. So you, you never know which direction um, life is going to take you. It's very you have to be God to be able to understand the complexity of the world, and we spend our whole lives, I think, trying to understand and grasp things instead of reconciling ourselves to the fact that it's not understandable. Right. Today also is the 81st anniversary of the Babinyar Massacre. Babiyar. 1941. Yeah, Ukraine, actually. Ukraine. Right. It's, it's been 81 years. That's a, that's a, that's a complex issue. Uh, said, also, especially in, in today's context. In, in Nazi today's forces context. killed nearly 35,000 Jews. In one day. Near the Ukrainian city of Kiev, days. over 48 hours. Yeah, two days. Very complicated. Very complicated, especially in a, we view it from a current events context with Ukraine so much in the news. Uh, you know, it was also, like we said at the very beginning of this program, we talked about how nothing happens coincidentally. Right. You have a Jewish president, you know, in, in Ukraine, Zelensky, of course. He's married to a non-Jewish woman. Uh, he said in the past that his children have been baptized. And, and then he uh, said uh, early on in the war with Russia, he said something to the effect that he thinks uh, uh, Israel should be more supportive. And he recently criticized Israel for not being more supportive of, um, uh, of Ukraine. And Israeli officials said very early, or, or early on, early on in the war, said, uh, you know, w w w Israel's support for Zelensky is not because you're a Jew. It's because we're Jewish. And that's why Israel would support uh, Ukraine. And of course, there was a huge effort uh, that was organized by a number of organizations to get the Jews out of uh, Ukraine. There was like 300,000 Jews living yeah. in Ukraine at the start of the war back in uh, last February. What was your question? No, just <laughs> 81 years since Bobby that massacre. Bobby our massacre, you know, it's just, it's unfathomable. It's, you know, after all these years, it's impossible to grasp what what that uh, what life was like then but uh, it's just it's just something to, to to it breaks your heart every time uh, uh, you hear about it and yeah. there's just nothing to nothing nothing way no way to be able to comprehend and 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 grasp the nature of that experience and what it is to have suffered through that or experience something like that something that it's this time of year and there's always a debate about when this happens Kapara's time and ah, you'll yes. you'll stumble upon in Crown Heights and Bar Park and parts of Brooklyn right here in um, Farakaway in Farakaway parts as well where you have chickens being swung over the head right and then across the aisle you'll you'll have people protesting for the rights of the chickens well I don't know do you have protesters in Borough Park and Crown I think, Heights I think so I know we had an ad in the paper a couple of years ago protesting the cruelty to to the chickens you printed that ad yeah, Why? you know, I don't know, a little, a, a part of me believes in the freedom to be able to express yourself in a responsible and intelligent way, and people should be able to see things and read things that they don't, that they don't agree with, and just park it wherever it has to be parked. This idea, which we could talk about on another day, <coughs> of suppressing things is what's got America today in trouble, because there's a lot of uh, suppression and censorship going on. I'm not saying that everything goes... That's the flip side of that. I'm saying, but if someone has an objection to Kaparis, which on the surface anyway, <coughs> looks pretty cruel, I got to tell you, I've seen them uh, shuck chickens. I mean, uh, there's many mitzvahs that, you know, Shluch is not doesn't seem cruel. 
No, but it doesn't require you to uh, to kill the chicken. You know, You're separating mother. a baby from its mother for their whole life. Yeah, but you don't have to slit its throat. You know, what, <laughs> my father. One would argue that slitting the throat is an is is an easier oh, out. E- oh, that's easier. Okay. That's no, fine. it's a, it's a it's a pain it's a it's it's a pain free out for well, the chicken as opposed know. to separating a bird from its. I had eggs. A, I had an uncle who was a butcher, and my father once brought home chickens to the house to do caparas so, for the gashlakaparas in the house. And like three or four chickens, he put them in the basement overnight, and they all died of natural causes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, unfortunately, uh, they never got to die. Al Kiddush Hashem. What they, a disaster! They just, they just. I don't know. I guess it was too hot downstairs. Oh my Maybe goodness! The boiler was on. I don't know what. Well, it you was. know what? I wonder what percentage of the from Jews um, in America, at least, do kapara so the chicken versus doing it with money. Well, I went yesterday to this parking lot in Inwood where where they have um, they're doing chickens. Bingo, yeah. this Bingo parking lot where bingo's going to be one one day, and it just started around noon yesterday. And a woman took a chicken. A woman takes a female chicken, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and a man takes a, a male chicken, uh, and they swing it over the head, and they say Zachalit Fossi, blah blah blah, you know, or whatever it says, and <laughs> whatever it says. Well, that sounds great. And um, and the woman said to me, she's now doing it for the thirty seventh year in a row with a chicken. With a chicken. Yeah, she never misses thirty-seven years with a chicken, and if for in some in places, I I, I think uh, places like Muncie, probably in Williamsburg and Borough Park, you know, they're not going to swing. $5. It's commonplace. They're it's not, not going to swing a five-dollar bill over their heads. So where do you think? By the way, I just want to mention that a lot of people, um, I don't want to say took offense, but they were incredulous with your claim that the five towns is an anchor is a num- is one of the number one. F- from communities, anchor communities okay, in, the, I, in the world. I didn't, I didn't, people people were, were up in arms about that. Okay, but let me, so let me defend myself. Can I defend myself? Be my guest. You, I, you, you didn't mention Lakewood. You didn't mention Muncie. You didn't mention... You just went five towns, the number one anchor no, from community in the world. The, the, the five towns is very cosmopolitan. It, I always like to say, uh, having lived there for 30 years, that uh, in terms of the from community, you have a hundred shades of orthodoxy in the five towns. A hundred different types of orthodoxy in the five you towns. You said the world. You don't world. have that in Lakewood. Of you course you do. You don't, you don't have a hundred types of orthodoxy. You, you don't, don't have a hundred types here either. You do. You there's do. three, four types. So, no, no. There's there's all kinds of different shades of orthodoxy and and, and, and uh, what they subscribe to and, and what they believe. and, and that, uh, makes, what, that makes something an anchor? I don't know. Yes, I don't, it I don't ma- think so. It, it, it makes it a... Uh, when you talk about anchor, you need to talk about population. You need to talk... Uh, like. Lakewood is significantly bigger. Brooklyn is significantly bigger, but it's uh, it's it's monolithic. You know? but, but what about you know what about uh, I mean like you said the world. I, I would argue I'm sure there are, uh, Panama. Panama has a more of a a, a larger Jewish community than, than no, I don't think so. I don't I don't know the population of Panama, but I think that Panama was, Jews. I, I think in the five towns today there are about fifty thousand Jews living in the five towns today. 50,000 yeah. families yeah. or Jews? 50,000 people, about uh, 10,000, 12,000 families. I think Panama is 15,000 Jews. It says today Jewish community numbers are some 20,000. Panama. Panama is the only country in the world, except for Israel, that has had two Jewish presidents in the 20th century. Well, but I'm, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm maintaining that it's a certain type. It's a certain type that can't coexist with another type. You have that in Lakewood. You Whoa, have that in I don't Park. know. I don't know. 
I'm you're, you're treading in, in dangerous waters by well, saying that. That's what you told me before the program that you wanted me to do. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not say <laughs> that's that. That's what I'm doing. You say, I, I don't know. And I think what... I think what, these are stereotypes that you're the, mentioning about Lakewood. The uniqueness, the uniqueness of the five towns is that it has all this diversity that coexists. And they disagree about things. Disagree, disagree about Kashras, disagree about the Arif, disagree about... Policies. Uh, different things. I don't know what other major things affect everybody. I know Kashras affects everybody. Let's, for example, it's just an example. I'm not picking on Kashras. I'm saying it's just an example. But you have, you have um, this diversity of people that have different, opinion, different opinions about it. And, uh, but they, or they adhere to the same thing because they're able to live, live, able to coexist. They're able to live side by side. And that's, that's the beauty of, of, that's the challenge of life. I and don't when, know. When, when you hear the calls for Achtas from Gudeli Yisrael, what do you think that means? What do you think Achtas means? Everyone gets along and sings Kumbaya, uh, you know, with their, with their hands around the, uh, the, 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 the shoulders of the guy next to him? It doesn't mean that. It means, like, the problem with Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim is that they, they couldn't get along with one another. They, they couldn't. They couldn't tolerate the differences that they had. The whole idea of a successful from community in in twenty twenty two. The challenge is to be able to disagree with somebody and live side by side with them, you know. And uh, and, if you, and if you're in Hatzalah, you take care of them because uh, they they are Jew and they live in your community. And uh, wh- whatever other services communally, you don't start your own thing in your own little corner and have, you know, this kind of kashras over there and that kind of kashras over there and this rub over here. And you don't have to agree with what everybody else is doing, but you have to be able to, I believe, you have to be able to um, um, live side by side in peace mm-hmm. and harmony. And that's why it's an anchor community. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the case. You made the case. People could... If you want to redefine what the word anchor means, we could do that. Yeah, people can comment on this video on YouTube where you could go ahead and email... What is an anchor? What? What's an anchor? An anchor is something that, that is, is a foundational uh, object that, um, that roots... That it's a root of a community. I would say that a lot of talent comes out of the five towns rabbinically. You know, not to name names because we don't want to leave anybody out, but there's a lot of superstar talent that that comes out of the five towns uh yeah that that's true um you know so maybe you know. that like i think i would say like we could point to that as something that is uh something that makes it an anchor community p- potentially could go towards your your discussion okay something that's oh. also being discussed a lot now you know that's going on today is hurricane ian is wreaking havoc so you have a, a cousin in um in uh, we have a cousin we have a cousin in australia Yosef uh, Yitzchak and Minna Gordon, who live in Melbourne. And she uh, wrote this morning on our family uh, uh, WhatsApp group, I just spoke to my son, who is a Chabad Shleach in Fort Myers, Florida. He and his wife and two very small children hunkered down at home as the hurricane Ian tried to break in. And someone else wrote, are they okay? And she wrote, my two boys are Baruch Hashem okay. Very heavy winds. But the kids have school today, Baruch Hashem. She mm. said. Okay, I'm sure they're thrilled and, about that. Uh, then she wrote the the mother of this, uh, the grandmother of these two kids. But Baruch Hashem, they're okay. Minimal damage to their house. A 30 foot tree fell on their house, but didn't do damage. It was quite scary during the storm. You know, a lot of people, you know, in the New York are are always flirting with the idea of moving down to Florida. What you don't think about, obviously, is moments like. Hurricane season. Well, first of all, you know, this is the first major hurricane. Hurricane season, if I believe, if I'm correct, begins June 1st and ends November 1st. So this is, you're saying this is the first this hurricane? Really the first. Hopefully this, the last. This, this was a big one. This was a big one. 
This was a big one, but I, 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 I it hit the west coast of Florida. Fort Myers is on the west of Florida, so it doesn't hit the um, the major areas that the front community generally gravitates to. You know, I mean, we we have people know people in Miami Beach, of course, and in um, Boca Raton and other places, and Boynton Beach, and uh, there was a lot of rain, but there wasn't this kind of damage. Uh, but uh, the eye of the storm you know, hit uh, the west coast of the uh, uh, of the of Florida, which was Tampa, St. Petersburg. We mentioned yesterday, and Fort Myers uh, took a big hit, and there's a lot of damage. Right. So I think that's pretty much the stories that I have on the docket today. Any, anything else that I missed? Well, uh, listen, we uh, we covered uh, we covered a lot of the news, and uh, the day goes by uh, quickly, and it's a big world, and a lot of things are happening, and. Uh, we're going to reconvene uh, next time. Yes. So today's Thursday, believe it or not. It's Thursday, September it 29th. Like yep. And uh, we'll be back here Monday morning with a new episode of the Daily Thread. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure a lot happens over the weekend. Hopefully it's only good stuff. Um, of course, you can go ahead. If you have any things you want to submit, stories that you think you should be talking about, go ahead and email the Daily Thread at meaningfulminute.org. That's the Daily Thread at meaningfulminute.org. And feel free to comment on this video, like, subscribe this podcast on Apple, Spotify. And, um, you know, I think something that's unique about this that people are mentioning is the generation gap. You grew up with the Brooklyn Dodgers. I'm growing up with me and you. Yeah. Generation gap. Well, you grew up. Ebbets Field was was near your house. Ebbets Field was at the end already, you know. So that was it. I do remember uh, when I was like two or three years old, I remember the sky being illuminated from the night games. Really? About five, six blocks from my house. Ebbets Field was on Montgomery Growing Street. up in Crown Heights is uh, uh, It was a happening place. It's still a happening place. Very much is. You know, Crown Heights is not, uh, the Rebel once explained that Crown Heights is not something, it's just an incidental name. It's Crown, which is the highest level of a, of a king or a queen, it's Crown. And Heights is a peak of a mountain. So Crown Heights is not so posh. What about Flatbush? What? I don't know. That's <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that on Monday. <laughs> All righty, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Daily Thread. Nachi Gordon here. Yes, sir. Thank you, Nachi. Larry Gordon here. And we will see you next time. <laughs>